We continue this week in our sermon series about spaces that are sacred. Today we'll meet Jesus in a space that was sacred, just after Jesus had yet another run-in with the Jewish opposition where he reminded them that God does indeed work through him. They had picked up stones and were about to stone him for good before Jesus escapes them to escapes from them to a sacred place by the water. Let us listen now to a word from God from John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 40 through 41. Jesus went back across the Jordan to a place where John had baptized him at first, and he stayed there. Many people came to him. John didn't do any miraculous signs, they said, but everything John said about this man was true. Many believed in Jesus there. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us turn to God in prayer. God who is all around us, calm our anxious hands. Still the lists that consistently run in our minds. Release the tension in our hands. Draw us into your midst this day. Amen. I want you all to pause for a minute and think about a space that is sacred to you. Where are those places where you feel God present around you? I'm sure Jesus had several of those places. I mean, after all, he's Jesus. But I can't help but imagine that that place by the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized himself by John was one of those sacred places. Now, at this point in John's Gospel, Jesus has already dealt with leaders of the Jewish opposition several times. But this time, they want to stone him because he is proclaiming to be God. And that is very much contradictory to what these Jewish leaders knew to be true. That's different than what they learned. But Jesus is able to escape them. He escapes them and finds himself on the banks of that same river, the one where he was baptized, that sacred space. And while he's there, more and more people listen to him. More and more people believe him. They believe that Jesus is indeed the Son of God, that Jesus was sent to this earth by God. What a sacred place that must have been. For many of us here in this room, this sanctuary itself is a sacred space, especially the area up above the steps, the chancel area. But churches didn't always look like that. They didn't always have this chancel area. See, back in the early days, Christians worshiped in people's homes, remember? But a church that looks anything similar to what we have now is actually based on a, a basilica, which is very much a feature of the city. They had rows of seats kind of like this with an aisle down the middle. That area is called a nave, if you're interested in church architecture. And that nave led up to kind of this chancel area. And in the beginning, this chancel area 
was really only for pastors and for clergy, for people who were leading. And it wasn't until we got to that Reformation area when regular people were invited into that sacred and holy space. So this year, as we dreamed and planned about Youth Sunday, we wondered about sacred spaces in our own lives. We wondered about this space that many of us call sacred. So again, I ask you to think back to your sacred spaces. Where are those spaces that you need to go when you need a moment of rest? Like Jesus found that moment of rest by the river. What you'll hear next as sort of the continuation of the sermon is stories from different youth about their sacred spaces. Many of them are here in this space where we worship. You'll also notice that they are in a different order than what's in the bulletin. First, we'll hear from Carolina Wessel, and then we'll hear stories from Sophie Hidalgo, and then Spence Hartman. But friends, sit back and hear the stories of sacred space. At nine years old, I moved from New York City to St. Simons, scared and sad to leave my home. When my family and I joined St. Simons Presbyterian Church, I was even more fearful to find out that I would have to stand at the chancel in front of the whole church. However, when I reached the chancel and faced the many new faces sitting in the pews, my heart stopped racing. It was like God made everything okay and told me the people who looked back at me would not judge me. In the few years I've been a member of this church, I have stood at the chancel several times, whether I was being an alkalite, participating in Youth Sunday, or reading a part for Advent with my family. Every time I would stand up to go to the chancel, I was nervous that I would mess up. But when I turned to face the church, I would remember that day when I first stood at the chancel and the feeling of safety would return. I used to wonder how God could be real if so many horrible things were happening in the world. Although I still do not fully know the answer to this question, I'm reassured that God is watching that God is real from moments at the chancel when a wave of tranquility washes over me, or from simply watching the sunrise above the trees early in the morning. I feel also the quarantine allowed me to take a break from my busy life and focus on the things that really matter in life like growing my relationship with God. These experiences have allowed me to look at the world from a spiritual point of view. The chancel is the place preachers preach the scripture and sermons we learn so many lessons from. It's a place where even in scary moments, we can look out and see our family of faith that promises to love us no matter what. The chancel is a sacred place. Good morning, everybody. Did that earlier. Um, This sanctuary has been the setting of many important events in my life. I was baptized here. My oldest sister, Brittany, was married. Aaron and Emma read their senior sermons. My nephew, Roland, was baptized. My grandma and grandpa's funerals. 
and mission trips to Charlotte were commissioned. Until I was 14, my family and I sat in the transepts, transepts, over there. Then when I was 15, my mom, dad, and I moved to the center. Um, really big change. Uh, what I remember most is sitting in the sanctuary with my family and feeling as if I were home. Good morning. My earliest memories of the chancel began with me as a child running up to the steps to meet Pastor Bob and Pastor Troy for the moment with children. Pastor Bob and Troy would ask us questions related to the scripture readings. Occasionally, they would ask for a volunteer to play a game. I remember this one time Pastor Troy asked for a volunteer to play a game where you flick a folded piece of paper and try to get it closer to the opposite edge of the table than the other player. As a maybe eight-year-old, I thought that sounded like a lot of fun, and I raised my hand enthusiastically. Pastor Troy chose me, and we played the game for a minute or two. While I don't recall the connection between flicking a folded piece of paper and scripture, <laughs> I'll never forget the feeling I had looking up from the chancel steps into the sanctuary. When you're in the pews, you do not notice all the faces of everyone in the sanctuary. But as an eight-year-old kid standing on the chancel steps, I felt the power and love. I felt the power and love of every gaze and every smile in front of me. See, when you stand in the chancel, you connect with everyone and feel the love between one another. This is the same love as our God's love. It is powerful and it is all-encompassing. And as an eight-year-old boy, who most likely still had the game of flick paper in his mind, I witnessed God's presence through everyone in the sanctuary. Again, I felt this presence of God when I was confirmed as a member of this church. As my peers and I stood on the chancel steps, recordings of our faith statements were played aloud. I spoke on the importance of faith, family, friends, fellowship, and how God provided me all gifts of life. Listening to my recording being played, I looked out into the pews in front of me. Once more, I witnessed what I had witnessed when I was eight years old. I was overcome by the love and acceptance of those in front of me. I felt God's love through the congregation in front of me. But even in times that I do not remember, or times that I was not in this world yet, God's love was still with me on these chancel steps. As a baby, I was baptized in the waters of this chancel. I was filled with sin, but in those moments, I was cleansed and forgiven. On these chancel steps, I was introduced to the church. And as a baby, for the first time, I gazed out into the sanctuary. Even though I did not know it at the time, what I witnessed was beautiful. As I gazed out there, looking at the love of one another and God's love, and even before my baptism, God's love was with me on the chancel. My grandparents married on these chancel steps. While not in this church, my parents married on chancel steps. They became bound by love and bound by God's love. 
I was not on this earth yet, and the Lord was with me through his love. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. While we know that God is always with us, church is where we go to get closer to God. We gather together and rejoice our love for God and love for one another. No other place is God's presence and love for one another more powerful than in the chancel. This is where we are brought closer to God, and this, as I see it now, is where we come closer to one another through God's love.